The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds for Dogs. Get yours at, I've been working on that. It makes me laugh. Dog Beds for Dogs. Get yours at bigparker.com slash Ricky. Um, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, the Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process, and Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On today's show, it is Ask Me Anything. That's right. AMA. Um, there's nothing really to talk about, so... I posted a an AMA um, thread on Reddit, and we're just going to go down from the most upvoted ones to the least most upvoted ones and answer those questions. Sounds thrilling, doesn't it? Nothing gets people more excited than a podcast <laughs> that starts with nothing to talk about. Here we go. Well, it's going to be, you know, there are some people that really appreciate the silly ones, and this will be a silly one. So... Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke powder to push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that I hope has more to say than I do today. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hi, Spike. What do you think? I got it. I'll always. So uh, before we get to the AMA, uh, a couple of notes about the the Live Ricky 3. You know, the one that Dart... Ricky Live 3. What's... Yeah, that Dario Sarge is going to be at. Dario Sarge doing an extended interview on stage after he comes over at the Electric Factory, September 22nd. Still some general admission tickets available. Uh, We put on Instagram today the amazing concert poster that Tanner Lowry designed of uh, Dario playing the drums. There will be 200 of those posters they will be at the Electric Factory. They will all be autographed by Dario and us, but and mostly Dario. Say our Instagram so people know if they can't find it. Oh, at uh, Right Ricky Sanchez. And it's on our Twitter and our Facebook as well. Twitter is RTRS Podcast. And um, I forget what our Facebook is. Just search, is it, search is it not on Sanchez. our LinkedIn? It is not on our LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, it is not yet on our YouTube. I don't know how to use Snapchat, so it's not on Snapchat. For a guy who scouts exclusively via YouTube, yeah, you I know. are awfully dismissive. I know, I know. Uh, so Dario will be on stage. Uh, Felicia Ricci. You, know, you might remember Felicia from recording Joel Embiid dunking on guys on a South Street um, uh, playground. Felicia, as it turns out, is a fucking awesome singer. Like a ridiculous singer. You should look at her uh, YouTube. I, was, I told Mike I was watching her YouTube earlier. She's a great singer. She is going to start the show off with the process version of Imagine that Eliza Hardy-Jones wrote and recorded. She's going to perform it right there in the middle of a stage with a spotlight. It's going to be awesome. We will have the Process Hall of Fame induction speeches, which we'll have to decide who's doing what, and, uh, and much, much more. Much, much, much more. I've been threatening a poem. Uh, we'll see if that and it, gets and approved. It, and it really is a threat. <laughs> a threat to everyone. <laughs> well, the, the, the idea was a poem about those who have been banned. And uh, I started working on it, and I think it's really good. But we'll, we'll see if it makes the final show. So get your – it's September 22nd at the Electric Factory, 8 o'clock at night. The doors will open at 6.30. This feels pretty legit, not only being at the Electric Factory, but a Saturday night in the fall where they would normally definitely be booking a concert and the first day of Sixers training camp. So Truly, it's pretty ridiculous. No reason why this is as successful as it is. <laughs> yeah, not not a, at all. Not a single one. And also, so for more because nice we were worried the Covington lottery party was uh, great, but leading up to it, we were concerned due to the 
uh, way the Celtics series ended that there might right. be some booing among the 3,000 people that were at Xfinity Live. We were concerned that we can't control all of them, not all of them even probably listen to the podcast, so we don't even have any small hold on them, but they were great. But it's even better knowing that nobody's going to boo Dario, although it'd be pretty funny if they did. <laughs> yeah, well, and this is, you know, <laughs> the lottery party has baffled. grown to such a size... He's just baffled that the people are booing him. Booing him? <laughs> that just, would be funny. I'm here for it. Oh, it's a warm room. Don't worry about it. He just gets rousingly booed. <laughs> don't, don't boo Daria. That'd be tough. Um, uh, the, the lottery party, as you were saying, has grown to, to a, a point where there are some of the people that are not are like like closed, close-knit group. But a live podcast at the Electric Factory is definitely our group. So I, I assume that everyone will behave the correct way. At well, this except point, you've been point. promoting it on Facebook to people that, again, don't know yeah. what it is. <laughs> That's why you don't boost boosting posts to people yep. to, to talk shit about us and our yep. advertising strategy. Well, uh, luckily, they were so confused by the whole thing, I doubt that they've bought tickets. So <laughs> I think we're, we're back to the original group. But the, sh- the show starts at 8, but doors open at 6.30 so we can hang out with everyone beforehand. So make sure you get there early, drink some mead, um, hang out. Are you, uh, you ready to do this AMA? Yeah. All right. First question, and thank you, Reddit. First question, this comes from Height of Ignorance. Two questions. So far, so good. Do you you and Mike actually own beds, or is everyone in your respective household sleeping on Big Barker dog beds? Uh, I would love to sleep on a Big Barker, but I do sleep on a regular bed, as does my wife. I don't have a dog in Los Angeles with me, so uh, I don't have a Big Barker dog bed to sleep on, sadly. But once I Hmm. eventually get a dog, then I will get one comped, hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> well said well said for those who can't get a comp you should buy a big barker dog bed uh height of ignorance goes on to ask what changes would you like to see the incoming gm make straight away presuming we get a gm which i realize is no certainty i'm thinking more in terms of organizational and front office structure here rather than the team itself well the sixers have you know, nobody comes out and says this stuff. There's not like a ranking of, at least to my knowledge, the best like analytics departments in the league. But the when you you pick up little morsels here and there, and from and like an Arnovitz piece or something like that. And the Sixers definitely have over the past few years grown out their uh, analytics staff. Now, pre Hinky, there was nowhere to go but up. They couldn't have downsized the analytics staff. It was just a an animated calculator, but they're going in in that direction. They've 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 made some strides. So, um, in terms of what to do, I, you know, I think about the medical staff, but like whenever we talk to people in the organization, they're like, no, it's fine. You're you know, people we just get unlucky or something. But like, I I wouldn't mind a big sweeping. Just like they're gone, everybody's gone. <laughs> Not that I don't want people to lose their jobs. I'm sure they're fine. I don't get other jobs, but. There's just been a lot of bad medicaling and staffing, and I wouldn't mind just a total rehaul. Well, I just hope uh, my my hope is um, I'm not really going to answer the question because I don't know how good anybody is at their job in the Sixers no. front office. What I will say is I hope whoever is hired is given the leeway to do whatever the fuck they want. That's really what I hope. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, I there's been a lot of talk about and uh, Ben Dietrich. Ben Dietrich is fucking back, baby. I love it. Uh, ben was mentioning that he believes that the Sixers are scared to to make any changes in the front office because they're all former league employees, uh, and I I think there is there is probably some uh, you know some truth to that there. So I just hope whoever they hire um, is allowed to do whatever they want. That's they're not all former league employees. No, no, no. But there's you know there's a few of them. So, mm-hmm. all right. This comes from John von Neumann. If you could undo one trade of the process era, what would it be and why? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah. 
So uh, I I have two. Do you want me to answer? Because I thought about this already. Yeah, you go. Or no. Okay. So I have two. The first one is the Ishmith trade. Um, sure. That they two, traded two twos for Ishmith. That was and the, only ge- the, be- Jerry, the Jerry trade. The Jerry trade. And the only reason, uh, I just want to undo it to spite Jerry Colangelo, really. Um, and if it hadn't happened, it probably would have meant that that whole clusterfuck wouldn't have happened. But the other one that I think I would like to go and take back is the Jeremy Grant trade. Even though on value alone, it wasn't a bad trade. I would really love to have Jeremy Grant still on the team. Yeah, I think so. those are I think those are good ones, especially Jeremy, as you know, with Embiid in there, you know, you can have like a Muscala or an Amir Johnson or whatever, but to have a a, fi- a five, a, a small ball five like Jeremy who can now hit corner threes and block shots and move move around, and he's gotten progressively better. Would be really would be really cool to have uh, kept him. I think the hope is that Jonah Bolden becomes that, but. No, uh, no. Got, he's got to hit rim on a couple shots first. Um, <laughs> the Ish Smith stuff is fun. I like Ish. It feels bad to to talk about his stints or whatever with like a oh that was a bad trade because I I think he did a good job and the team was uh, for for sure in shambles uh, and rightfully so intentionally shambled. But, like, you go back to Jerry. I'm sure Jerry thinks about his time in Philadelphia. Like, he had. Like, he wrecked in his mind. He talks about the things that he has done. And, like, he's responsible for a lot of this. And a lot of the success that the Sixers have is because of him, I'm sure. And I think he names the Ish Smith trade as something. And it's like, they went from, like, eight wins to ten. Like, is that, you did it, buddy? Like, I, I peop, the people that... You know, it's easy to throw stones, and we throw a bunch of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you when you are on the receiving end of the stones, you have to rationalize in your mind how how good of a job you've done, and what what you uh, what disasters you avoided, and what uh, what you did so well that got them places. And and I'm I'm sure of it. I know. I feel like I know Jerry, that slimy son of a bitch. I feel like I know him really well. And I know that he thinks that the Ish Smith trade was integral to the future success of the Sixers. And I just wanted to know that it's not. And he's full of shit. And you're a worthless turd. End of and of, co- and of course, uh, I am trolling everyone by not saying the obvious one. We uh, all are, baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this one comes from <laughs> Complete the Process. Hypothetical. It's Speaking of which, it's July 2019. Fultz and Simmons still can't shoot or are only marginally better. They just got eliminated in the second round. The Kings pick didn't convey, and they miss out on all major free agents again. Now what? Did Embiid stay healthy? I think so. He didn't mention it didn't happen, so yes. Okay. Uh... I think you well, you go for uh, around the edges, around the the f- like. You try to get the same guys that you were trying to target this year, and you know see what the free agent class is like. And I don't know. I, I it's tough because I th- I think between you know you hope that like Landry pops or Furkan pops because they'd be valuable here, but also because they could be useful as as a trade target in the same way that like Toronto had a bunch of these kinds of guys in the second unit that they could use as a, as hypothetical uh, fillers in trades and like sweeteners and stuff. And so it'd be nice to have a couple of those with the Sixers because right now Fultz is too much of an unknown to include there. Like no one's going to trade massive value for him. And if the Sixers trade him as just a little sweetener, then that's severely undervaluing him. So you need like almost Jeremy Grant type guys where it's like, Hey, Landry Shamit, is good, but he doesn't have necessarily the room to grow here. We're going to trade him, that kind of thing. So hopefully those guys pop in even in small ways, and then they can start to package things together and and get, you know, I'm not going to say CJ McCollum, but like that kind of that kind of guy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing: is this all sounds when you're looking at it, it sounds sort of like dark. But it all is sort of possible, right? I mean, the, the Fulton Simmons thing. Maybe. 
Yeah. The the Fultz and Simmons thing still can't shoot or only marginally better. Sure. Uh, just got eliminated in the second round. Sure. King's pick doesn't convey, likely. And miss out on all major free agents. Also, pos- you know, likely. Uh, it is a... It's a it's a very realistic scenario. Without being the end of the world, it's a very realistic scenario. So yeah, I mean, uh, this the, the, the oh. biggest hope the biggest hope for this team is that Joel Embiid Every- and Ben Simmons get continue to get very good and just improve and improve and improve. And if Fultz becomes close to the guy that they drafted, then that's incredible, and that their margin of error becomes like pretty wide. But even even if one one of Embiid or Simmons becomes a top five or ten player in the NBA, which is not only probable but like maybe likely that at least one of them do, does, if you know health health permitting, uh, then that's then we're in good shape and we can you know afford to be a little patient or be a little uh, picky for sure. This one comes from Fake Twenty Three Blast. Can you do a Ricky with just Tony Tony to Tony and Fake Bill Simmons? <laughs> That's really the goal. That's really the end of all of this. Is uh, Tony Tony to Tony and Fake Bill Simmons? I'll say this: there have been rumors, there have been conversations over the last couple of days about further uh, Tony Tony to Tony contributions to the podcast. I like that. So I wouldn't mind yeah, a Tony to Tony Tony uh, sort of just sending a little segment, yep. a, couple, a couple minutes on his take on something, and we'll just fire yep. it in there. I wouldn't mind that. Yep. Tony's take. I would love to have a Tony take. And, Tony, Tony's and, to take. Tony's to take. <laughs> and, and fake Bill Simmons has been working uh, – a project that I was going to ask him to do, but decided to do on his own. So uh, there, there will be more from both Fake Bill Simmons and uh, Tony Tony to Tony. Uh, this is from Burner Account Number One. Is there any way you can fit a couple more five-minute ads into an hour-long podcast? Hmm. Let's hmm. see. Well, we can try. I mean, what do you think, Mike? Look, here, there's there's two ways to do ads on a podcast. There's the way everyone else does them, and there's the way we do them. And the difference is, is the way we do them, all of the advertisers are awesome and happy, and they stick around forever because they know we care about them. Or, um, you know, you could do 75 different underwear ads, you know, and be that guy. So Don't even wear underwear. Don't, uh, yeah, fuck underwear. Come on. All right. This comes from, speaking of which, let's talk about our sponsor. I thought you were going to do that anyway. I thought that's what you were bending towards. (laughs) Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Bed. Start the clock. (laughs) So, wait, this is funny. So, this is is sort of where I am with my dog. I am, uh, I told you before we started recording the podcast, I am at my a therapist appointment tonight and as usual it only takes about 40 minutes to get to my dog <laughs> to where <laughs> it just becomes a session in which i sit there and i talk about my dog uh that how, how is, does your therapist respond to that well she is cool so she just lets me do whatever i want to do um, well i mean it's she generally is, your, i mean she's not going to be like no yeah we're not talking about this you're not giving yeah. me your money and talking about your dog. Yeah, but is she? Can you? Does yeah. she seem to light up, so, or is she look, like, "Oh, this again"? Uh, I don't know. Maybe in her mind she is, but she presents as interested, which I think means she's good at her job. Okay. So, the look uh, that is the 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 dog thing is very important to me from a, a rebel angle, from a charity angle. Uh, from every angle, the dog thing is important. I have learned since I got my dog just what these uh, what dogs mean to people uh, because mine means a lot to me. And so I, I see dogs and how they're treated. And one of the things that even great dog owners do is they don't get them proper beds, which means as these dogs get older, their joints are being put through basically sleeping on the floor. That's why a big barker dog bed is important because dogs get older and their joints 
you know, uh, they develop arthritis just like we do. And if they're sleeping on a, a, a bed that is engineered to keep those joints cushioned, to keep them, uh, to keep them feeling good, then they're going to be happier as they get older. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get your own Big Barker dog bed like every other, like everyone else on the uh, process pup section of com has done with the Rights Ricky Sanchez logo on it. Though you don't have to do that. Um, you can do that. And if you're going to the live Ricky, two people are going to get pulled right out of the crowd to sit on the stage on Big Barkers so you can see for yourself what a proper mattress feels like. Sit on the stage like a dog <laughs> as a perk. As a perk. Congrats. You won. <laughs> uh, especially, by the way, the, these dog beds imp- important in uh, big dogs. Dogs are 50 pounds. Up to 80% of them develop, by arthri- develop arthritis as they age. These big barker dog beds engineered by experts in the field to keep dogs youthful for longer and bring older dogs back to their best. The uh, dog bed is, has a 10-year warranty. The foam won't flatten or they'll replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. If for any reason you don't like it, you can return it, get a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the United States of America and owned by one of us, a truster of the process, our good friend Eric Barber. Um, Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There you go. How long was that, dickhead? Um, all right. Let's see. Hello. This comes from the Bavox Hello. 2. Hello, Spike and Mike. What do you expect the team will do with TJ and Dario after this year? Do you think they're getting extensions or not? Mm. That's I, a tough question. Yeah, I'm very concerned that TJ's gone. I'm, I think someone's going to give him a bunch of money. And I think that yeah. the Sixers are not going to are going to save that money to, to pay a bunch of guys, which is tough because I want TJ to make as much money as possible because he has very little business being in the NBA uh, based on what he was coming out of college and the odds that, that he had. But So I'm honestly, get your money. But I also feel that backup point guards, especially if Markell is here and Simmons, uh, you don't want to be paying that much money to. I, I love backup point guards. I have always, going back to A.J. Price and LeVance Fields, uh, they're just, it's just my genre of, of guy. Um, so on the one hand, I'm slightly excited to get invested in them again um, because like Javon Carter is a guy that I would, would have loved them to draft and have on a rookie deal for a couple years, um, but you don't need that with TJ. Um but I love TJ. I think he's the best, and I would be, I'd be sad to see him go, but I uh, would want him to get a bunch of money. Dario, I think that he's so good and consistently getting better. I really, I've said it before, but I really want to see how his defense improves this year because his shot has just improved incrementally and his just spatial awareness as well. Um, clumpy flumping has stayed pretty much the same. But if his defense does improve, if he gets lighter on his feet and is not as much of a liability there, then I think that they're going to give him a lot of money. But also, he could cost a lot because he's good and he's a great locker room guy. He's the most likable player on the team. And uh, and I think somebody might throw a bunch of money at him also. So that that is that could be concerning. I couldn't agree more with either thing. Uh, I'm. I, we're on the same page. I, th- I think we've always been as as much as we've disagreed on a lot of things over the last uh, five years. I think the core four, as as they are to be known at this point, <laughs> of process guys, are uh, are are. We've agreed almost um, all the time on all those guys. So core four being uh, uh, TJ uh, Covington. Uh, Embiid and Dario, and who would you say like the backup, like the the poor man's version of those four are? Would you say like Henry Sims, Hollis, Jakar, uh, and Davies? Well, Roten, Roten. Okay, we'll do Roten instead of Davies. Davies is just for me. Yeah, there's a uh, in trial and error. I put I don't. Nobody said anything to me before, but there's a Brandon Davies reference in trial and error, and it's killed me that no one said anything. Oh, really? What What's the reference? I mean, it's just I named a character. Uh, oh, Brandon Davies. 
That's funny. <laughs> he uh, he followed us on Instagram for like two days. What? And then he's gone. Yeah. Huh. He needs yeah. to know. Yep. He needs to know how much he's respected around these parts. This comes from I Have No Complaints. Um, fuck, Mary kill. TJ, Joel, Brett Brown. Hmm. Hmm. Well, here's the thing, man. I love TJ, but he was, I mean, his fiance at the time or wife, whatever it was, was in the room and he was talking about like, like he, they blew off their honeymoon so he Mm -hmm. could go practice. I, I wouldn't marry TJ. I, I love him uh, dearly, but I wouldn't marry TJ. Brett is undeniably more attractive than TJ. That's just a fact. That's the end of my thought. TJ's from Pittsburgh. Just ap- operating at a disadvantage already. Uh, Brett's better looking. So as far as I think, I mean, it's tough because do you want the life that Embiid would provide you if you live with him and stay with him no. every day? It feels kind of exhausting. Yeah. Be, I, not, I, not him specifically, but like the, just the lifestyle. Seems like you could be a little bit more calm around Brett. So maybe you kill TJ, maybe you fuck Joel uh, for a fun marry ride, Brett. and maybe you marry Brett. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's actually pretty easy. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, this Consensus. comes from Moist Moist Towelette One Two Three. If the Sixers and Celtics traded their entire rosters for each other, which team would you root for? That is a good question. Mm. That's tough, isn't it? I think I'd root for the Celtics. Right? Really? I mean, yeah. If they, if they current, I mean, if I didn't know that they traded their rosters, if we just operated, if they just like men and blacked me and uh, operated on the no, world, you have to know, right? I would root for our yeah. guys. I would feel like they just changed yeah. colors. It doesn't matter. Root for our guys. Process core four. I, here's the thing if the Sixers do have guys that like if JJ wasn't a Sixer if Amir wasn't a Sixer I don't know for sure yeah I mean there's yeah. those guys but yeah. I think you talk I think you talk the core four you add Simmons and Fultz I think anybody that they draft I quickly like nuzzle into and become like oh we're very close now uh, I, so do like here, I, I, yeah, I do like Jalen Brown. I do like Jalen Brown. I do like Marcus Smart. Oh, so. I play like Marcus Smart, so I, I'm allowed to hate him because I just like watching my own my own self. This comes from uh, Jaji1124. Robert Covington shoots exactly two three-pointers a game. He's guaranteed to make them both no matter the circumstance of the shot. Does his value go up or down as a player? I, I mean, up by a lot. Well, what's interesting is if he hits the two early, then he's completely, then then you don't play him anymore. It's basically you're just getting two, two guaranteed threes. Yeah, but it's in only two opportunities. He can pass. He can yeah. drive. He can step in and take a, a long two, which I've always loved. Uh, he's still <laughs> great, a great a great defender. Yeah, I mean, you take that. And I, I don't think that... I think the other team would have to not know. That'd be crazy. They can't, like, not cover him. Yeah, I guess we don't know if they know or not. They can't know. Not possible. So he'd be, he, you know, he'd just swing the ball. To oh, okay. Well, so s- somebody said, do other teams know he'll make them or do they guard him the same way? And he says, let's assume only he knows the extent of his power. He can That's choose fair. to tell who he wants. Yeah. Can it you imagine if he revealed that better. in on the Ricky? <laughs> that'd be, that'd be crazy. Out. That'd be yeah, uh, less crazy than it being true, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. it would be crazy. It's still crazy. <laughs> Okay, this is a long one. This is from Cuthbert6. For the past year, there have been occasions when a number of media guys have implied that Ben and Joel don't really get along. 
Kevin O'Connor talked about whispers when Sixers locker room chemi- about Sixers locker room chemistry and Ben Simmons in a piece last year. Juliet Lipman on various Ringer podcasts has also mentioned hearing rumors about Ben not really fitting in with the rest of the squad. Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver, both banned, also had relayed similar concerns over a Ben and JoJo rift on an episode last season. And last but not least, Colin Cowherd this summer straight up said that Ben and Joel don't like each other. Obviously, Cowherd is a moron, and I'm only mentioning him because he seems certain of this to me, as if he was referring to a generally known fact around league circles. My question is whether of you is whether you have heard some of the same rumors. Is there, to your knowledge, some sort of contention between Ben and Joel over who is the alpha of the team, or any other kind of animosity for that matter? I assume from following their social media accounts that they don't really spend any time together off the court which is obviously fine. At the same time, they don't even like each other's posts when most of their teammates do. I'm not suggesting that's a strong indication of anything, but it strikes me as a little bit odd. Just wanted to know if you've heard anything as Sixers insiders. Sorry for the long post. Thanks for doing this. I think a lot of it is concern trolling. Uh, from, you know, you named a bunch of Celtics fans and Colin Cowherd and people who are banned from the podcast. So... I think we know where their loyalties lie. Um, I haven't heard anything specific. I know it's like been out there, but uh, I, you know, not everybody on various teams gets along as like friends or whatever. Um, Mark on Mark Maron's podcast, he always talks about like always, like extremely regularly talks talks to people, talks to actors, and says like, "Are you not? Are you guys like friends? Are you guys not friends?" After this movie ends, don't you do that? He does it to literally everyone, and it's another. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I always like to imagine that everybody's friends," and uh, it's another. Uh, our fake Bill Simmons, Killacow, does a, some pretty good fake Mark Maron as well. So maybe we can enlist that. Um, I think it kind of doesn't matter. I know that Brett is conscious of it. We, we've he's talked about that before. And I think the organization has about like, you know, it's, it's important to make sure that these guys are on the same page because people are going to try as they have to make it a Shaq and Kobe thing to split them up, to, to have the, who's the alpha conversation. And it just doesn't, it's just not necessary. And especially helpful because Ben is the kind of player that passes all the time. And so it's not like it's a, Westbrook KD thing where they both are just gunning for their own shots all the time. Like they both pass and they're both, neither of them are really a ton of ISO based play. Even the, even Embiid getting the ball in the post has to be like fed the ball in the the right way and stuff. Um, I'm not super concerned. Would I, would I like it a lot more if, if they were hanging out all the time and they were friends and uh, liking each other's posts, all that stuff like, yeah, that would feel good. But I, I think to some extent it doesn't matter, and this happens more regularly. These guys are not always – people are not always friends that work together. So I think sometimes what happens is if enough people say things, other people say things whether they actually know them or not. And I think that there have been a couple of people that have said some things because they've heard some things. And then I've heard other people who I think are just saying it because they heard other people say it. If that, uh, but, um, I largely agree with you, but I do think there's probably a little something there that it might be even a little bit bigger than those two guys. If that makes any sense, if that, uh, that you know the NBA is run by agents and shoe companies, and um, mm-hmm. you know I don't think they're particularly tight. I don't think that they're enemies, but I I I would not be surprised if I heard that they were not totally on the same page all the time. But I, that uh, to your point, I I don't even know if there's a page for them to be on right now. And I think you know one of the things that will be interesting to see, and people have made fun of me for saying this, but about they don't totally fit together yet. Just because one is a perimeter player and one is a post player and one passes and the other one scores doesn't necessarily mean they they really fit. Um, And I think that'll be an interesting thing to see how it develops. And I think chemistry on the court, a more natural chemistry on the court could maybe ease whatever tensions are 
um, are behind it. Let's see, I have not heard anything crazy like when Kyrie Irving and uh, um, Dion Waiters were beating the shit out of each other or when Jimmy Butler hated everybody on the Bulls. Or it hasn't been anything like that. So, But I, I don't think it's nothing. Let's put it that way. Um, this is a very important question. This comes from M- Emperor Octavian. Should we as a people be concerned that new Sixers editions, Wilson Chandler, and especially Mike Mascala, a known Embiid hater, have yet to tweet trust the process? Hmm. <laughs> that is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think as we get into training camp, uh-huh. they will. They have to, right? I don't know if they put it in contracts yet, but it's a norm that I think people like to follow. And I'm in favor of, of upholding our norms. And so I believe that being in the building once training camp starts, we can talk to Dario about it, see if maybe he has any insight. Uh, I think they're going to do it. They have to. It's required. Yeah. Uh, this is for Mike. This is from Gimme That Loot 24. Mike, which process sixer would you take as a plus one to your premiere? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think uh, cur- a current sixer or just any process sixer? Uh, any process sixer. Mm. It'd be hard not to go with Embiid. I mean, he's acted in some stuff before. I would definitely try to get him to act in my shit. And so using him at a premiere, he might be like, yeah, I'll act in your shit. He's got good timing. I think... uh, This comes from Horford... Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. This comes from Horford is overrated. How big is Batista's dick? Um, hmm. Is that a wrestler, Batista? Dave Batista? I don't know. Star of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and former wrestler? Yeah, that's I don't know. Batista, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any idea. That's a weird question to ask. <clears throat> this comes from the photo booths. Forget online message boards, message boards and social media. What is the most absurd Sixers take someone has ever spoken to you face to face? Oh, sir, my father's Howard Eskin. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't know what to tell you. I've, I've lived through all of them. Yeah. You know, so many bad <laughs> ones. I, it's, I've said this a while, but there's actually, maybe I'm getting better at it. Maybe it's, maybe it's easier to talk about the Sixers now that they're, uh, they're just good and it's uh, undeniably good. And, I pretty much say I, I shrug off a lot of conversations about the Sixers in real life, like guys, like old guys that I play basketball with, or whatever. When they t- like talk about it, it's like I don't want to have a conversation with un- misinformed or poorly informed people, and so I, I pretty much just sort of like, yeah, well, and you know, guy can get well if he says healthy, and then just sort of go away. Um, but uh. There's a lot of bad takes out there. And you find, you realize that like almost all of them are just, they watched something on, whether it's like fucking Cowherd or some lame place. Uh, they watch it and they're like, oh, this is true. And now my take, like Wilbon or something. And I'm going to digest it and spit it out in the same kind of words. And so I, I don't blame them for it that much if they're, you know, old and don't know where to get better content but i i do desperately avoid talking to them yeah well it it uh i'll tell you it's amazing how much a a bad take about the sixers can make me think less of somebody in person oh my god like here's what i would say and i know this sounds horrible if you disagree with me fundamentally on any of this stuff don't bring it up don't bring it up. I, I don't want to talk about it. I've I, I just I've disagreed with enough people in my life about the Sixers. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I just want to talk to the people that agree with enough of what we're talking about so yeah. we can have a real conversation. There has to be so. a base level of we're on the same page here. Now we can disagree. We could 
you know, we could disagree about Justin Anderson. We can disagree right. about if Nerland still like has a career in front of him. But like, if you think that, if you think that the process was stupid and they shouldn't have done it, then I, I just got nothing for you. So this comes from Secret Economist. It's really long. Uh, it's about the, the comparing Manu and Igudala. And I guess I'll give you the Cliffs Notes. The Cliffs Notes are, yes, they have very similar uh, NBA stats, strikingly similar numbers. Yes, um, Andre and Manu have similar number of honors. But he mentions um, his, Manu's international career. Um, which everyone loves to bring up um, and I think encompasses about three years of basketball. So, uh, And it also completely dismisses Andre Godala's, um college career, which is not as accomplished as Manu's uh, international career. But my point was only, uh, and he closes it by saying that it's feasible that Iggy makes it one day. I, here's, I, my point is that I don't think there's any chance Iggy will make it. And I think he, I th- my only point is that their careers are very similar and, uh, and there's no chance Iggy will make it. And there's like a hundred percent chance Manu will make it. There's, so. there's just, Andre's never had a big offensive role on a great team and Manu has. Mm-hmm. And as frustrating as it is sometimes to, uh, that defense doesn't matter, uh, especially for non, you know, traditionally like big men get, acknowledged for defense and you know i think only somewhat recently have people started to like actually give a shit about defense uh andre's gonna get dinged for that but that being said manu for most of his career was not a bad defensive player and played on incredible defensive teams so he's not the guy to this isn't like a monte ellis or rudy gay situation um but the idea that iguodala for about a decade is one of the best defensive players in the league and that's half of the game uh but that he probably won't get in the hall of fame it's a little frustrating but there's there's not one of like like how many how many guys who have finals mvps aren't in the hall of fame like well it was weird to give him that finals mvp i'm glad he got it but it's not it's that was a rare you you run that finals back a hundred times he maybe gets finals mvp that one time yeah but he still got it i know i'm not saying it's bad but you don't give just hall of fame to finals mvps Nick Foles isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> says says who? This comes from Flydales. Uh, Rocky Balboa, Dennis Reynolds, and Mr. Feeney are all being interviewed for the GM spot. Who takes it? Um, is Mr. Feeney saved by the bell? Boy Meets World. Or is he... Boy Meets World. I never... See, Boy Meets World was... Uh, I didn't really watch Boy Meets World. And Tough. I don't know who Dennis Reynolds is. Ah, always sunny. You know, you don't watch anything. Uh, I think I think Dennis wins. I think I, I'll okay. just answer this one. I think Dennis wins. He's okay. a he's a Machiavellian. He will get. He'll find a way to do it. Rocky's dumb. He's like his whole thing is that he's dumb. He's not doing it. Uh, well, Feeney's except for nice, but like a little too, a little too like by the book. You're not. I, I don't know if you're much of a Rocky guy, but my one of my favorite things in Rocky is how in Rocky four. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Rocky was smart, mm-hmm. and then in Rocky Five, dumb he again. was dumb again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he gets, he gets like awesome. the robot. <laughs> this comes from Trust It. Do you think you can get Dario to say lick face at the live Ricky, or possibly even get Mike to lick Dario's face, assuming mm. he comes over? Of course, we got to get him to say it. I got to have to get him to say it. If I don't yeah. lick his face, it's a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Buddy, there's nothing in the contract that says that we can't lick his face. Good. So, so I think we're okay. Um, hey, let's take a moment to talk about our final sponsor for today's podcast. Mike, they're back. They're DraftKings. Wow. Football season. They're back. Yep. It's back, buddy. Thursday night. Football makes its long-anticipated return to living rooms across America. I won't be in my living room. I will be uh, watching it live, but a lot of other living rooms it will be in. Mike, that means a lot of things. It means football's back. 
It means bragging rights. It means huge cash prizes up for grabs love at cash. DraftKings. Love, who doesn't love cash? And that's why DraftKings.com, one of the reasons DraftKings.com is so good, they are the leader in one-week fantasy sports. For the season opener, DraftKings is hosting a fantasy football contest that's 10 bucks to enter and has a $1 million top prize, Mike. A million dollars. That's a lot. And also, well, they don't tell you, but we should. There's no drafting. You pick your own team. It's more yes. Pick, it's more, it's, they should call it Pick Kings. But yes. then that's maybe kind of strange and, and like it's like a card game. But it is DraftKings, but it is fun, and you will win millions of dollars. Well, you could win millions of dollars. For no, a limited I'm t- confident. <laughs> Stop it. For a limited time only, I want to be clear, You de- it's possible, but you also might not. For I a limited say, time. Pro- I would say probable. Well, it's not probable. It's absolutely not probable. Almost, that is the final word on Almost that. possibly. <laughs> For a limited time only, if you sign up with the code RTRS today, DraftKings gives you free entry with your first deposit into this contest. Single game sh- showdown, the newest way to play. All you have to do is pick six players from Thursday night's game, stay under the salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. Really, like... You don't even have to worry about a bunch of teams. It's only one game, two nope. teams. Shelton Gibson. That's who you would pick? Shelton Gibson? Six times. That's my Corey Clement. That's Mike's hot pick of the week. You know, honestly, like they won, and I find I'm finding it very difficult to get excited about this season. Not even excited, or even just register any emotion at all. But football, I have become a Cleveland fan because I only operate in futility. And uh DraftKings is one way to prove my Browns bona fides. David Njoku, <laughs> all over the place. Put your football knowledge to work. You could win $1 million while watching the season opener. The top prize is $1 million, but you don't have to come in first prize to be a winner. There are $2.5 million in total prizes, which means thousands of winners. Download the app or go to DraftKings.com right now and use promo code RTRS to sign up and make your first deposit. When you do, DraftKings will give you a free shot at $1 million this Thursday. Which That's you R- will probably win. Stop, stop doing this. You will not win. You're making the commercial much longer because I have to keep correcting you. There is no probable you could win you get a free shot at $1 million on Thursday. That's code RTRS at DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Win. That was, thanks to you, a struggle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. This comes from uh, Bossman215215. In five years, who is the first, second, and third best player from this current roster? In five years, the best, yep. second, and third best player. Hmm. Well, number one is Embiid. We'll agree on that. I think it's Embiid, Simmons, and I would love to say Fultz. Would love to Wait. say Fultz. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably say to be safe. Well, I don't know. I was gonna say Covington, but Dario feels well, like he's still getting better. But now Covington's five working years. With, Covington's were oh 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 okay. You're saying in five years, so in 2023. Who is yeah. the best player in 2023, not who will have had the best? Yes. Okay, 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 sorry. Uh, hopefully Embiid healthy. Hopefully Simmons uh, jump shot. Ambidextrous. All the good stuff. Uh, they are 1-2 in some, in some order depending on health. I will say... I'm going to say... Uh, I want it to be false, but I'm not going to say false. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll hedge against any faulting. I'll say Zaire Smith. I'm going to say Dario. What if this he never is comes from, over? Well, we'll see. September 22nd, Electric Factory. This comes from Ziggy8392. What do you think our odds are of landing any of the premier players to hit free agency this year? Uh, low. Low, buddy. It's low for anybody except the Lakers, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I have no, I have no sense of it. I yeah. I think the Sixers GM stuff. Now that they're interviewing GMs, they just they they, they went from we don't need it, we're gonna, we're fine, we're happy with the crew we have to like panic and in interviewing these candidates. Uh, so I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how much that impacts 
free agents, if if they're if they share an agent with any of our guys, if they're looking at us being like that's a destination I want to go to, if they're talking to Embiid or Simmons or Redick or Fultz or whoever, uh, and saying like yo we should come and team up, I don't know. I I have no idea how this stuff works. Uh, you're the tea leaf guy. I'm the I'm the other guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's a good shirt. That's a good shirt. It'll come out with the Malibu Mike one. Uh, yeah. The, the t- the Tony Tony to Tony line of, of merch. Uh, this is from Living in the Void. What is Ricky Sanchez up to nowadays anyway? I always see he's playing in, like, Puerto Rico or somewhere. He's, he's, had, a, he's had a 35-year career. Honestly, I have yeah. no idea. I Maybe I just never knew how old he was, but it's remarkable to me that he's still playing. And playing. And, like, I've, uh, once in a while I'll get, like, a Ricky Sanchez game-saving block, and I'm proud of him. This is for Mike from Fight the Good Fight 17. Who's paying you to push your liberal p- propaganda? Just, you know, being a fan of rights in general mm. and uh, people having them and, uh, a, you know, a functioning democracy. That's just, that's it. But who's paying you, I guess, is the question. You are. Uh, right? Who are your this is from plug it in 1217 who are your favorite 96ers after dana barrows oh. of course uh i love the neck rolls on the back of uh clarence weatherspoon okay uh big spoon guy uh obviously sharon wright was tough believed in him a lot bj tyler same thing uh, loved Richard Dumas, by the way, sure. like loved Richard Dumas. Um, if you, if so. anybody wants to go back in the Liberty Ballers archives and read uh, Dave Reuter, Where Is Ben Rivera? Uh, remember this guy series. Uh, there's some really oh, good yeah. uh, '90s recollections back then. I liked. I mean, it felt like when you're a kid, because I was I was born in '89. So when you're a kid, uh, any like you're any year feels like it's a decade so i jerry stackhouse felt like he was a sixer for 15 years to me uh and they traded him pretty quickly um so i liked i remember the stackhouse decade very well and liked it sean bradley was bad i always knew he was bad so, did you yeah i was what five he sucked <laughs> too skinny uh i uh, even though he represents failure to many sixers fans i like larry hughes too but yeah, Flight Brothers um, uh, This is from Trust the Proches. Uh, what is the one rumored Sixers trade that fell through that you would have liked to have seen happen? Uh, every time I think of Sixers trades that didn't happen, I only think of Monte Ellis and, I- and Iguodala because Iguodala almost got traded yeah. 100 times. That's the, I, that's the I, one I, I always think that. of. I never wanted yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't live in the past. Only only the past of things that happened. I don't live in past hypotheticals. Future hypotheticals, past success. That's the way Uh, I live. This might be the greatest Reddit question ever. This is from Amir AMA. Have either of you ever been owned online? If so, when and how? Uh, I was owned online once. One time. You remember it? It was a dark day. It was 2010. Okay. I was writing for the, uh, back when SB Nation had a regional site. There was SB Nation Philadelphia. Derek Bodner also wrote for them. I was writing for them and was on like a news desk type thing. I was in LA for the semester. I was still in college. And... I saw a report on Twitter, a new app that people were using that I had been on for a few months, where I saw that the Philadelphia Phillies had acquired Zach Granke. Oh, the fake Granke trade. And <laughs> I wrote an article about it and, pu- and, pu- and published the article oh, no. where there was oh, no, no checks or balances whatsoever. <laughs> And it went out, and I recognized pretty fast that I was—I had been owned 
but then there were a bunch of SB Nation uh, honchos in my G chats being like, hey, Mike, can we hop on the phone for a second? And I was like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, I know, I know. And I still get uh, <laughs> like hot sweats down my back thinking about it. It was the, wow. only, the only time that I've ever been owned online and the wow. only time I ever will be. I, I, can't, I can't follow that. I, can, I don't have any stories nearly as good as that one. This is from MJCC1992. Fill in the blank. If Michael Weber is the Spike Lee of the Ricky, Amos Lee is the blank of the Ricky. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe like a Jack Nicholson? I don't know. Or an Amos Lee. He's already fam- more famous than Weber is. Weber's just a writer. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, Amos, Amos Lee like, sells out venues and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of a... You know, okay, so let's let's think about the situation. The situation is it is you and I most of the time. He comes in occasionally, sure. fits in well, makes a mark, then leaves. Hmm. Is I'm trying to think of a musical thing or a TV thing where there is a um a sometimes star that comes into the show. I'm tr- is there an office corollary here? Is there a um, hmm, I don't know. I'll have to think of that. This is from DB9390. Burner accounts aside, would you rather have had Brian Colangelo handle this year's offseason or current regime? Um, I am, no, I did not want, I, whatever happened, I would take without Brian Colangelo. Well, I think, I, I think there's a world where they made a, made a Kawhi move. I think there's a real world where that happened. And I don't know what that would look like, but I I, I certainly think the uh, Brian going away and, and just being wrapped up in that um, at least slowed them down in a, in a sense of what uh, what plans were in place to, to do what or what the organizational structure was, blah, blah, blah. But But for having so little... Uh, just structure. I really loved the Mikael Bridges pick, and then I loved the Mikael Bridges trade. So that was the main thing of the off season. Everything else was kind of like, you know, little thing here and there. Guys weren't going to make the roster. It, get, getting rid of some Colangelo guys in Luau and uh, Justin Anderson. Um. Holmes being a hinky guy, which is weird to think about, but uh, yeah, it was. I, I, I kind of go back and forth. The main thing, I think, it probably would have been unlikely that they would have gotten Kawhi, but but maybe more likely had Colangelo stayed. And I was very happy with the other biggest move of the offseason, which was the 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 draft, specifically that the first pick. All right, I'm going to jump around now because we're coming to the end. There's still a lot of questions. So uh, from J.A. Drums, what was the hardest moment for you guys as Process Sixers fans? What was the most uplifting moment? Uh, Hardest moment for me is Hinky Night. I I don't know if it was. Was it worse worse than the Okafor draft? Yeah. I talked to you both nights. I I don't know. I, I had to like... I had to force you to do the hinky one. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to I, do that it. was harder. Yeah. I think Maybe. that was harder. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the, the what's, what's worse, the beginning of the end or the end? Yeah. And I don't know. And for me, the most uplifting one is not, is, honestly, the first one that comes to mind is the, when Marco Fultz came back. Um, I like I know in retrospect it might not have meant anything but when he played that game it was a f- like a really just sort of light and fun moment on the podcast so uh, that's the one that I would I would pick out I don't know there's been a bunch it's been a great ride yeah. they won the lottery the pick swapped they won not only some playoff games but a whole round uh it's been it's been the the Stauskas trade. 
the uh, Lakers pick trade, which was great. I mean, it's been it's been a good ride. We've had some we've had some laughs, and uh, but the two, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. The pain stands out much more than the happiness, yeah. uh, and so that's either the Okafor draft or the or the Hinky. Uh, I don't even like saying he resigned. He did, but yeah. it was a forced resign. Not really. Who is the biggest threat to the Sixers in the Eastern Conference outside of Boston? Well, it is Boston far and away, and then, yeah, Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. I think Toronto still is the best player. Uh, yeah, but but I, I'm i not ready to give my Boston take yet, but I think they're pretty clearly the best team. You've given your take. You you were no. like, you, didn't you say like you were like we're fucked? Didn't you have like that take a couple months ago? Yes, but wait a minute. That was that was like two days after the playoffs ended. But that said, uh, like you know, my total Boston take. I'm not ready. Maybe I'll give it out at the live Ricky. I don't know. It seems like a weird time to do it, but maybe that's when I'll do it. Um, what is your favorite Mike story? What is your favorite Spike story? Um, I don't really have. Well, there's this time. Do you remember when it seemed like the Phillies had traded for Zach Rinky mm, online? Go on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have any Mike stories. I don't know. Like we don't every, hang, we, we don't hang out. This is it. You've heard them all. Yeah, our our entire relationship is is documented. It is recorded. It's like a a, a a really shitty episode of Black Mirror. Um, uh, which process sixer? This is from Cocaine Snake. Which process sixer would you like to be? Would you most like to become a key player on an emerging dynasty somewhere else, like Andre Iguodala with the Warriors? Mm. That's cool. Uh, current process or after? Just as process. Uh, I think a, a Nerlens resurgence would be fun. I like that Jeremy is there already. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of those, and they're both in and and Luau. Oklahoma City, process, uh, six, process South. Is Oklahoma City in the South? Where would, would you say that? Uh, they're in the Midwest. They're in this. Yeah, it's still, I guess, the Midwest officially. A little low, a little low for the Midwest, but okay. low Midwest, but it's not Southwest. The middle, Middle East. Perfect. This is from Lowell Josh Joshy Harris, CEO. Is Miles Teller handsome? I don't think so. No, he's not. Definitively he's not. Yeah. But he is a Sixers fan. Or at least an Eagles and the Phillies fan. I'm assuming he's a Sixers fan. Maybe he's a Knicks fan. He's probably like Phillies, Eagles, Knicks. Fuck him. Weber likes him, though, I think. Uh, I think he likes him. Maybe he's better. I don't know. Um, one more. Oh, this is the final question. Who would win in a tag team match between the two strongest Pavorskis and the two strongest Kornblows? <laughs> Uh, Adam is thin. Yes, but so is Jake, and he's probably the second strongest Pavorsky. Jake is taller, for sure. That's true. But in a fight, I would take Adam Kornblalo over Jake. Happy birthday, Jake, by the way. It's Jake's birthday. Adam Kornblalo over Jake. I might take Jake. No. I might take Jake. I might go Pavorsky. Yeah, I might go Jake. this is where we, when we lose the 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 cornblow as the, as a sponsor, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Honestly, come to the live, Ricky. You will see cornblow face off against Lee's son <laughs> in the VIP section. <laughs> That's why it's VIP. Loser has to go sit on the big oh Parker dog God. bed for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. That's enough podcasting for tonight. Um, guess where? Guess where I'll be at, at the end of this week? Where? Oh, you're going to be on Long, Long Island. I'll be on Long Island at the North Fork Television Festival uh, doing a nice Q&A, premiering the first and second episodes of my show Alive in Denver. Uh, come out. There were a couple people at the New York uh, TV Festival that told me after the fact that they were there that listened to the podcast. So if you happen to be coming, tell me you're coming. I'll say hi. It'll be great. Uh, it's going to be fun. So I'm doing that. I'm leaving for Long Island on... Uh, on Thursday and um, doing the, doing a podcast from Long Island. I have no idea what I'm going to sound like or act like. I might be a totally different guy. Wow, that's interesting. And uh, on this week's lo- love songs, <laughs> if there's a long if there's a long 
a long con that there doesn't actually exist a podcast love songs. I would never know. Uh, Andrew Unterberger and I tried to determine which Killers album is better, Hot Fuss or Samstown. Get it on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Samstown. All right. Uh, I th- oh, there there's a music take we agree on. I also believe that it's Samstown. Um, but we spent we spent over half the podcast uh, talking about how much I didn't like Bruce Springsteen and his fans and why. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will talk to you this weekend. Mike will be in Long Island. He might be a different guy. Buy your tickets to the live Ricky, and we will see you there. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. Lick face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail, and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Copying of uppers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.